Hello and welcome to the Ideology Podcast. I'm Dr. Tim Ziddle, at Dr. Tim Ziddle on Instagram, and this is my weekly podcast where I create informative and short episodes designed to make personal growth and development fun again so you can cut the learning curve and become the best version of yourself while creating success at any level. Here we go. Hello, Ideology community. It's Dr. Tim coming to you again with just our second interview on the Ideology podcast, and this one is absolute fire. As I've been building my community very intentionally over the last couple of years, one of the people I had an instant connection with and have just absolutely loved growing closer to, he's quickly becoming part of my inner circle, is Dr. Andy Armour. He and his wife, Dr. Kaylee, their beautiful baby boy, Miles, live in Whitefish, Montana, and I had the express privilege of spending a weekend with them in Montana doing life together, and I'm telling you right now, I've never met someone who's more bold, real, authentic and effective at building relationships, building community, and you are going to draw so much inspiration from this interview. I can't wait for you to hear it. So we're going to dive right in. But with that, I mean, the introduction itself, I've got to apologize in advance. It's so lengthy. Dr. Andy has accomplished so much at such a young age. He turns 30 years old tomorrow. And so we're celebrating with him, but even more so, I'm celebrating with you that you're going to get to hear what he talks about. He's going to bring some depth, some absolute depth when it comes to relationships, when it comes to being real, when it comes to being bold. And I can't wait for you to hear it. We're going to split this into two parts and we're going to go ahead and jump right in part one of the interview with Dr. Andy Armour. Okay. I am sitting here with the one and only Dr. Andy Armour. And it has been so cool getting to learn more about Dr. Andy um, you know, being able to spend some time with him, seeing him not only as a professional, but seeing him also as a family man has deepened my perspective and it made it an absolute no brainer as to why we had to have him on the podcast. He's got some knowledge that I'm absolutely psyched for you guys to hear. And a little bit more about Dr. Andy. He, uh, is an expert on, uh, communication. He's an expert on building relationships that lead to a strong sense of community and really just going deeper in life. If there's one thing I've learned about uh, Dr. Andy from spending even the small amount of time, the season that I've been able to get to know him, it's that you cannot spend time around Dr. Andy and not and, and stay superficial. It's just not possible. He's not going to let you do that. And part of that is the, uh, the special sauce that he brings to life and he's going to talk about a little bit more, I'm sure. But with that, one of the biggest things I'm respecting about Dr. Andy in this moment is tomorrow is his 30th birthday. And so he's officially getting old. And he dressed up for the occasion. He's sitting here right now in boxer shorts and a bow tie. It's the big guy. It is. I mean, and he even, like being 30, you know, his hair's falling out, his joints are creaking. <laughs> he wore his toupee. He wore his dressy toupee for this interview, yeah. um, which if you guys could see this, you know, you would know he's sitting here from from the top half up. He's in a total tux mode. Um, but the bottom half, you know, is just real relaxed. It's just kind of a sense of the guy he is, you know, he's, he's real put together, but also very relatable at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Tim, uh, thanks so much for having me on. And that actually brings me in my first and probably the most important piece of advice. We can probably wrap this up right after this. Um, but my biggest piece of advice is please don't ever buy cheap hair plugs. (laughs) 
<laughs> as you go into your 30s, I think that it's yeah. really important to invest in those spe- special things. But yeah. I just want to say thanks, man. I, I, I'm really excited to be here and really excited to talk. Your podcast is awesome. We have a lot of patients and practice members that look listen to it. We share it. Um, you're doing really special things, and I'm honored to be on here. And I'm, I'm happy we're sitting um, here together, yeah. which is super cool. We're yeah. up in Montana right now, and we're spending some time um, in, in our rec room just hanging out and yeah. talking about this stuff. So I'm super excited to be here. Thanks. And and, and that can't be overstated, too. In, in a world where everybody's doing everything virtually and from miles away and states away, it's cool to be able to sit in a room with someone, look at them face-to-face, and kind of asking them these questions and learning these things um, as you know, a real person to a real person. And so a little bit more about Dr. Andy, he started Compass Chiropractic four years ago, right? You guys yep. just had your fourth birthday in Whitefish, Montana, which as I sit here, I'm looking around at the scenery and this is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in the world. Uh, so I'm, I'm very, very jealous about this, but Compass Chiropractic has taken off, has been incredibly successful. And as a chiropractor, who's uh, been a part of several successful practices, I can tell you, Dr. Andy and his wife, Dr. Kaylee, and their entire team, they have done some really amazing things that you do not see done in chiropractic. But even more impressive is the fact that this town is about 8,000 people, right? Yeah. Already had several chiropractors. And so by for all intents and purposes, you were probably hearing a lot when you came to set up here that this was like a terrible place to open up shop. I think pretty much everyone. Yeah. Um, we had probably 100 to 1. Everyone was like, why would you do that financially, right? <laughs> we always wanted to have a high volume practice. We actually just uh, moved into our third. So we just had our third year anniversary, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, 7,000, 8,000 people here. We are growing, right? Yeah. And the thing that makes us a little bit different is being able to build um, a more of a high, higher volume practice. Yeah. In a small place, but also there's 16 chiropractors that you can walk to in town wow. from our office, right? That's impressive. So it, it's just different, and I love good chiropractic. I love being surrounded by good chiropractic. I think it's a really important thing. Um, but it, it's a little bit different of an area to be able to start and grow a, a bigger kind of practice and a high-volume practice and have some reach. So what's something, uh, just on a lighter note, before we, we dive into some of the ways you've built that, what's something uh, that most people would not know about you in terms of a secret skill or maybe like a party trick that you've got, your ace in the hole? Man, I, well, there's definitely no aces in the hole if you've ever seen me golf. Um, I, I, don't, uh, I don't have any like great party tricks, but one thing that I'm really proud on uh, or proud of myself for is I really like to reflect on and be able to communicate with people and sit down and meet people where they're at, right? Yeah. And I don't really think that's a party trick as much as it is. Is It's something that's hard to teach, yeah. right? But but I'm proud of myself and same thing with my wife. We just have a really good ability to sit down and meet people where they're at and be able to take those levels of emotions from the room to room and just come in and, and be one-on-one with somebody even in a crowded room of 100 people. Yeah. Um, and that's something that it does take work and it takes communication, but I'm proud of myself for that. Yeah, yeah for sure. And you guys, if you're listening to this, you can already tell, I mean, even, uh, from the start of this conversation, it's hard to, to it's hard to, you know, keep this surface level because there's such a depth to, um, Dr. Andy and, and his ability to relate to people and be a connector and be a communicator. So we're going to dive right in. Um, you know, I want him to talk a lot more than, than me. And I feel like you guys have been adequately introduced to that. So with this, one of the things we talked about this weekend is the phrase, most people would rather follow someone who's real than someone who's always right. So in your own words, what does that mean to you? It's authenticity. Right. It just breaks down to that. And like, that's kind of what I was just saying. Like you need to be authentic in yourself. 
you know, one thing that we see with a lot of different individuals and we have mentors and we look up to these mentors and I do too, and you do as well. Right. And we look up to them, but you're never going to be them. And that's an okay thing. Mm -hmm. You need to be good with who you are. And if you are the realest, most authentic, truest version of yourself, people are going to be attracted to that. You hold yourself at a higher vibrational energy um, and you attract the people that are like-minded and it's just going to be better for you. And then you surround people in your life, just like, you know, us right here in this room, we get together and we meet each other in life and that just brings on more of the same, Yeah, which is good, right? That's what you want to surround yourself with. That's phenomenal. And with that too, I think, you know, uh, uh, to kind of piggyback off of that, a way to take that question deeper that I'd love to know is we work in a field where there's nothing new under the sun, right? The majority of everything that we're ever going to know about chiropractic from a technique perspective or from a, even from a diagnosing and treating perspective, or let's just even go in the, the totally opposite direction. Just talk about people, right? Mm-hmm. Relating to people, communicating with people. Everything's already been discovered. So how do you create an authentic version of yourself in a world where there's not really unique discoveries anymore? Everybody else has already kind of figured on to things. Yeah, so I'm going to touch on two things there. Like when we look at it from a chiropractic standpoint, like me and you both do torque release technique, which is a tonal model. Um, so it's a little bit different type of chiropractic. The way I explain it to my patients and my practice members is I practice the newest form of chiropractic the oldest way right? Because we are very principled. All we do is chiropractic. I'm not saying, you know, doing other things is wrong, but that's, we're straight chiropractors in my clinic and that's the way that we look at things. Um, now moving on from there, the way that we offer something different because there it, and I would argue from a neurological standpoint, we're going to continue to, to discover more, especially when we're talking realms of like heart rate variability, adaptability, emotional things. Like the more we understand about neurology, the more we're going to be able to tie chiropractic into that, which I think is a fantastic thing. So I'm excited about that different kind of research. But we take it a step further than just chiropractic in my clinic. And I talked to you about that. You know, being in a small town, it's a lot different than being in Denver. Being where I grew up in Pittsburgh, every person that comes in, it's a relationship. Hmm. And I'm willing to, like, we are able to hold a high-volume clinic and still able to take the time for different people. Um, You make yourself available. You're able to connect with them. You need to meet them where you're at. And you need to sit down. and, And, like, if something's going on, they're important, right? And I think that you've seen that reflection because Tim's been in my community this week, right? And we've been walking around. And how many times? Like, we were just at the grocery store. Yep. We saw, like, seven, like five, six people come up to me. <laughs> like, hey, Dr. Ant, you know what I mean? Yep. It's just different, yep. right? And I want to be able to build that and continue to build the relational aspect of it. You know, some chiropractors say it's not my job to have, you know, a relationship. And it isn't. And we had this discussion yesterday. It's not your job to have a relationship with your patients beyond the chiropractic realm. Me as an individual, I value relationships, so that's something. And it's hard to put boundaries on that sometimes, and it's okay to put boundaries on it, whether it's a patient or a client, no matter what kind of business you're in. You want to be able to have boundaries, but it's also important for me to know that they know that I'm on their team. Yeah. And they can trust me when it comes down to the nitty-gritty and the dirty, like, I got them over everything. That's so key. And I think that one of the biggest words that you mentioned there at the end that a lot of people could miss at face value is building that trust and trust in terms of relationships based on trust. That is what takes you from somebody that can create a sale Mm -hmm. to somebody that's going to create lifelong 
customers or lifelong patients. Sure. And with this, we've looked at this from the avenue of chiropractic. But if you're looking at people anything. that are, are across the board with anything, how would you suggest to somebody in any field, from corporate America to sure. network marketing to you know a stay-at-home mom, how do we build those deep relationships, long-lasting relationships based on trust to the point where you walk around and everywhere you go, you're just connecting with those relationships. It's super simple, but it's the hardest thing to do, and it's vulnerability. Yeah. That's really what it is. Like, I'm vulnerable in, in on my practice. I'm vulnerable in my relationships outside of my practice. Um, it takes a certain step, especially outside of my comfort zone. I'm not going to lie. Like, in the public, that's a lot harder to do than it is in the comfort of my own walls to be like, this is who I am. But in our practice, we're very open. We're very honest. I tell personal stories. I tell stories about myself. Um, I want them to know me and see me for who I am and I'm going to know them and see them for who they are, right? And in any relationship, whether it is like, like I said, like a client or a patient or a practice member down to like a romantic relationship, like my relationship with my wife, we're just very vulnerable with each other. And like, that's really what it comes out. Like if I have any sense of I'm feeling this way, the way that that gets resolved the most or the quickest is if I'm just open, I tell her I'm feeling this way. Yeah. Right. And it just comes down to that. And she does the same with me. So how do you go from uh, a societal norm that is everything but vulnerability mm -hmm. to stepping into that place of vulnerability with a purpose mm -hmm. that leads to better outcomes? What's the, you know, what's the three steps to get from there, you know, from, from, from end to end there for the person that may struggle to be vulnerable? I don't think there are like certain three steps. I think boldness is the biggest one. Okay. Like, like really, because it is a self-reflection type of thing. You need to just be able to be bold. Because what did you just say? Like in a society where we're anything but vulnerable. So now if we take that and like just from like even like a business relational standpoint, you want to be different than everybody else. Yep. And if nobody else is vulnerable and you come out and you do that, you're different than anybody anyone's ever seen. Hmm. Right. Yeah. So well, give me it. some examples. What does that look like? In so your I mean, life? when we were, when I was practicing this, right, like opening a practice, you've done it several times and we look at this and it's not an easy thing, right? It's hard. Right. So like when you, we would, when we opened, we went door to door at every business in this town and every town beside us. We're mm -hmm. in a small town. Mm -hmm. I went in every business. I was like, Hey, I'm Dr. Andy. Like I'm, you know what I mean? Some people were like, get out of here. You know, and it toughens your skin and that's yeah. cool. Like I, you know, you got to be able to handle rejection. Yeah. And that, that's a big part of being vulnerable, right? People aren't vulnerable because they want to be told no, right? Like wow. no is a big thing, Yeah. you know, and it's a big personal thing. So a lot of times, even when we set goals, we set goals that we think that we might have a 50% chance of accomplishing. That's how we goal set. Really? Right. Because we want to stretch it and stretch it and we have to be vulnerable in our goal setting and it's okay if we don't hit all those goals. Right. So like, even if it is like going out and talking to people, you know, there's been times where I remember right when we first, first started practice, I was like, Kaylee, how great would it be if I just took like a crate and stood downtown and just like talked chiropractic, like it was the gospel. <laughs> and I was like, man, people might think I'm super off the wall. Like I never did it, but I was like, yeah. how great would it be to be that bold in what you believe in and be able to do it and put yourself in that big of a, like, that's the biggest vulnerable situation you can yep. put yourself in realistically. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. like, think how much you would grow from that experience. Yeah. Of just talking on the street to nobody, right? To being able to talk in your comfort zone. It's all about getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah. 
you know? And, and that's really what I think that the steps take because being able to grow in a vulnerable way with yourself is hard. Yep. And I think the way to do it is as you get more comfortable with yourself, you're going to be able to do it better. Hmm. Right. But in order to do that, um, rejection and sometimes embarrassment and yep. sometimes like all of that stuff comes with it. And those are okay feelings to have. And it's good so when you're looking like at someone that has those feelings and maybe those feelings dictate their behavior, right? I'm sure that uh, there are many of us, right? That their fear of rejection, maybe that's, that's a primary fear for most people. Mm-hmm. And one that would absolutely prevent them not even from being bold, but even thoughts that might lead them to be bold. Mm-hmm. They've suffocated and suppressed those because they're so afraid of rejection. You've talked about stepping into boldness is owning yourself. Mm-hmm. Number two, it's not being afraid to feel. It's not that you don't feel that. Even when you're bold, when you've learned how to be bold, it's not that you no longer feel rejection or fear of rejection. It's not that you lo- no longer feel feelings of embarrassment, right? When it doesn't go the way that you want, but it's that you're able to press into that space anyways. Mm-hmm. So how do you get there? Uh, you said like a big word right there. You have that fear of doing this stuff. And honestly, fear is a feeling often felt before experience, hmm. right? So like, Lots of times you're afraid to do something, right? And you're afraid to do it. And then you do it. Are you afraid to do it anymore? No, because you did it. Mm-hmm. And it just gets easier and it gets easier and it gets easier, right? So, like, it's just one of those things of being able to put yourself out there and kind of know. It's like ripping the Band-Aid off. Yeah. Like, it, that's really what it is. Like, there's lots of situations that I've walked into where I'm like, this isn't going to be good. And I know it's not going <laughs> to And I'm just like, this is going to be a train wreck. I know it's not going to go well, but like I need to do it because if I don't do it now, yeah. then I'm never like, we're just, I, you're always going to find a reason not to do it. Yeah, it's key. And you can't like keep putting that on yourself to be like, you can't keep making that thing up and being like, well, I'm not going to do it today because of this, or I'm yeah. not going to do it next, this week because of this. Yep. You just kind of have to bite the bullet and do it. And like, if it sucks, it sucks, but at least you know it's going to suck. And then you prepare for the next time and you're not going to be nearly as fearful for the next experience you're going to have. Yeah. That's brilliant. And and with that, I heard, see, Dr. Andy doesn't know in, in this moment, he's about to feel very real fear. We just talked about this because he doesn't know that I know about this. But I did some digging and I heard that one of the ways you built this boldness was through something called Aggressive Tuesdays. Tell me more about Aggressive Tuesdays. Oh, man. So I did a lot. Well, so I did. Yeah. So I do two big things. I'll talk about Aggressive Tuesdays. I don't do those very much anymore because because I'm happy in the place that I am, I guess. But when I was going through this big shift and learning this boldness, um, what would happen is every Tuesday I just told everybody exactly what I thought. Wow. Just okay. Like, on an aggressive, aggressive <laughs> level. Um, so if I was, if I was angry with somebody, yeah. they sure knew. <laughs> and I didn't sit down and be like, Hey, I'm very angry with you. Right. I told them how I felt. Yeah. Right. Or if I had a problem with a professor, I would tell them how I feel. Like I have, you know what I mean? I've yeah. had, and it was only on Tuesdays okay. and it might've been a little bit negligent and probably not very professional. Did you not, notice that people tended to avoid was, you on Tuesdays? Um, no, maybe some people, but some people, honestly, a lot of people are super attracted to it. Uh-huh. Interesting. Which is kind of strange, right? Like, because you're like, man, I'm being a jerk, but some people would come to you because they want to be able to hear that. And yeah. this was all happening when I was in chiropractic school, so I wasn't in practice yet. Yeah. But like people knew 
Like, yeah. I was just like, this is what I'm doing on Tuesdays. If you got a problem, then get out of my way or don't talk to me. And so like, where did that idea come from and what did you learn as a result of that about yourself and also about your environment? Yeah, so it came from actually um, Bob Goff, uh, who's an author who wrote like Love Does and, and some different different books. It came from him because what I initially started doing is I would quit something every Thursday. Okay. Which is very difficult. Yeah. Right? So you got if you think starting something new is hard, try quitting things. Because after about four weeks, you're like, okay, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you had to quit things that you like. So it started from this, and I, like, eventually got to this point where I'm like, if I quit, like, I can't quit everything. Right. You know what I mean? So I got to this point where I was like, okay, so instead of quitting something every Thursday, what I'm going to do is every Tuesday is I'm just going to be, like the boldest I can in all of my relationships with people that I know, right? So, like, if I was having a problem with my family, I would tell my family I was having a problem with them. If I was having a problem, you know, with a girlfriend or, like, someone I was dating, I would tell them. If I was having problems with people on, like, in my class or my friends or... And I just told it exactly how it was. And I was like, this is what I'm feeling and this is the issue and this is what you need to do about it to help me with this, right? And it just... It helped me be able to communicate my actual feelings. Hmm. Is really what it turned into, yeah. right? Um, because that is a hard thing to do for a lot of people. But the what I will say, every Tuesday got easier. And every Tuesday, people knew it was coming, right? And they looked yep. forward to it, yep. actually, which is, like I said, I think it's very strange. But it helped me deal and helped me be able to express exactly how I was feeling with others. Wow, that's phenomenal. I, I can't even tell you how much I, I love that idea. And and let me be clear. I think what Dr. Andy, if I could speak for you, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think what he's trying to advocate is not that you immediately take the next several Tuesdays to go and just tell everybody what you think of them. But I think finding your brand, like he said, being authentic to yourself and finding ways to step into the most authentic version of yourself. For him, aggressive Tuesdays was a way to do that. For you, maybe it's, you know, quitting something like you talked about. Maybe it is being more bold in in communicating your feelings. Maybe it's being able to explore that you have feelings and understanding what they are and and what they mean. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I want to, I want to, yeah, you made me just realize I wasn't like walking up to people and being like, Hey, your hair sucks. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what, and that's not what it was. It was like, if I had it, if we had like an issue in a relationship or if I had like any type of all these different relationships, I would address them on Tuesdays because I mentally and emotionally would prepare myself for six days to be able to do so, to come to the table, to be able to have the conversation about what's going on rather than bringing it up, shutting down and being avoiding it. Right. It was the day that I addressed the things in my life aggressively. I love that. And what it does is it creates a better understanding. The people in your life, they are now able to to connect you on a deeper level because they don't have to wonder what is he really thinking? What is he really feeling? They know exactly how you see them, where they stand. And hey man, it got you a wife out of that. Because she said that's one of the things that she respected. Yeah, Yeah, dude, that's how you did it. You just told her what you really thought about her, good, bad, and ugly. And she said, man, I'd stick with this guy forever. Um, But with that, I think that that's amazing. But it helped people understand you better. So now, fast forward several years, what, as you've kind of grown and matured into this version of yourself, where like you said, you don't even really need to do aggressive Tuesdays any, anymore mm-hmm. because you've learned how to channel the lessons you learn from that in your everyday life. Mm-hmm. What's one area that people still seem to misunderstand about you? 
I think like the biggest misunderstanding, and, and this is because you do set boundaries in the profession that we're in, right? I do have a really good relationship with all of my practice members, right? But they, I think a lot of people misunderstand how much work it takes to be able to be at the level that we're at, okay. right? Whether it's in the community or whether it's with other doctors or whether, you know, with other things, like there's a lot of work that goes into number one, communication, Mm-hmm. Like it's not something that just like drops out of the sky and is easy for a ton of people, yeah. right? It, it's tough to communicate sometimes, right? And then, you know, building a practice, being able to handle the practice, as well as investing into the other relationships, like my wife and we just had a son and being able to invest into him. And, you know, it, it takes a lot. And I know that other people have kids and relationships and, and you probably, you know, if you're listening to this, realize that as well. But lots of times people just look at people and like, man, look at them. They just got it. Right. And that's just not how it works for anybody in anything. Hmm. Like, honestly, it might come easier for some people, but it takes work. I know. I know. I've stopped it at yet another cliffhanger. And I hate to do this to you on these interviews. But again, I'm committed to keeping these short bite-sized chunk episodes so that it's easy to come back, mark your place and get excited about the next one. So I'm going to go ahead and leave you right there. Um, obviously we're in the middle of such an intense conversation, but one that is so valuable and is so absolutely crucial to have. So we're going to be back next time with part two of our interview with Dr. Andy. And until then have an amazing day. You deserve that. We'll see you soon. You did it. You reached the end and hopefully you're one conversation, one episode closer to that breakthrough, to that success that you've been searching for. Again, you can like it, love it, share it, subscribe, whatever you want to do. I'm just grateful that you're here along for the ride and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.